Really interesting uh, doubleheader on Sunday between Boavista and Estoril, uh, as well as Benfica against Vitória de Guimarães. Um, you know, Benfica taking another commanding victory against Vitória. Boavista as well getting an impressive 3-2 win against Estoril in Pescais. Um And, I, I, you know, two teams that, that have been pretty intriguing watches, but uh, overall, um, I think are, are not going to, are going to be, you know, too good for relegation, but too bad for European spots. Interesting matches between uh, those sides. Sunday's match, Sunday's action, though, um, concluding with, in my opinion, the most intriguing match of the entire weekend, Porto taking on Gil Vicente at the Estadio Durgao and uh, Gil Vicente going down to 10 men in within 100 seconds from Vitor Carvalho. Um, Porto, however, conceding first to Fran Navarro. Uh, Porto equalizing from Evan Nielsen, but being forced to settle to a 1-1 draw. Um, and overall, this is a result that... If you look at the numbers and see, oh, well, Porto had 64% possession, 30 shots compared to Vizela's five. I mean, compared to Gil Vicente's five, um, you know, you would think that Porto dominated. It was not such. I definitely think that Gil had as many uh, dangerous opportunities as, as, as Porto. And I mean, while Porto will be looking at this as, as more of a defeat than a draw, um, I, I have to say, Jill Vicente are playing out of their minds under Ricardo Suarez. And, you know, one player who I want to highlight, who had one of the best goals of, of the entire month of February, Fran Navarro. Talk to me a little bit about this player. I, I cannot say enough about this goal in particular. Anyone that is listening to this, even paused this podcast and go and watch the goal. Because it's just so audacious against a team that has not lost yet this season. They, in this situation, they, they've been playing with 10 men for about 60 minutes of the game. They've been playing basically the whole game with 10 men. And he pulls off an amazing bit of skill. It's a great finish as well against an informed goalkeeper. Just what a goal. And I just want to highlight how good it is before I get into the play that Fran Navarro is. For me, definitely one of the revelations of the season. I believe he's on to 12 or 13 goals. 13, confirming. Just a complete number nine, if you ask me. He's exactly what Gilles need to execute their style of play. They've, he, he's really imp- impressed me. He leads the line really well. And he, he's got that finishing ability about him. He, he knows where the back of the net is. And usually with these Portuguese strikers in the lower divisions, you'll get one or two that shine from the smaller teams, as we call them usually, unfairly. He's just, he's just that classic nine. If you ask me to describe him, he's just that classic number nine. He knows where the goal is. He leads the line really well with the creative players behind him. Samuel Lino, especially Fujimuts as well, playing that number 10 role. Just 
a great player. I'll be very disappointed not to see him at Shield next season. As, as much as many will want him at their club, just by watching a highlights reel, I'm sure many of the big free supporters will be very happy to take Fran Navarro on. I think I saw rumours of Valencia today. Want to bring him back? I believe he came from Valencia before going to Gilles. I hope he stays there because not enough is done by these smaller clubs to keep the talent. And I don't want Gilles to instantly become another pass that have that one season drop off. Make it to Europe is amazing, but then drop off. And Gilles, since they've come back to the second division with uh, Vitor Oliveira, rest in peace, amazing manager. They've had a, a great project. They've managed to replace a lot of their talent because, as I've said, a lot of these Portuguese clubs do need to rely on the flow of these players, a lot of exits, a lot of their entrances. And as much as it can be their downfall sometimes, Gilles have managed to continue on rising. And that's been very impressive. Next season, obviously, they're going to lose Samuel Lino to Atletico Madrid. That's going to be interesting. Maybe Zé Carlos, as he's going back to Braga, his parent club. But Navarro is someone I really want to see stay in Portugal, as much as some other strikers that we've been seeing scoring goals this season. Moussa, Banza, for example. I want to see him stay at Gilles. I want to see Ricardo stay at Gilles too. Ricardo Suarez has to stay at Gilles. I want to see that partnership continue. I want to see Fujimoto behind. I want to see Pedrinho still pulling the strings in midfield. I want to see Zé Carlos on the right because he's got a perfect system around him. They serve him amazingly. And it, it got, you, you could see, usually on a 1-1, you expect Fran Navarro to be isolated, chill to sit back completely and look, just weather the storm. But no, and for everyone that did not see the game, you'll be looking at the shots on target. You'll be looking at the goal attempts. You'll be looking at the number of attacks. Look at the ball possession. Because as much as, obviously, Porto did still have the bulk of it, it's only 59 to 41. And when, you, when you're looking at Porto, who obviously will dominate the game, they're in first. They've got the second most amount of goals scored. When you look at their play style, they're relentless. They want to press. They want to keep the ball. They, they look to press the, the energy out of their opponents. But they still only managed to get 59% of the ball possession. And that must be because Gil are not booting the ball away at every opportunity. They grabbed the ball. They tried to play out. And it did work for their goal. Their goal, it's, an, it's, it's a great play. And you could see even in the dying minutes of the game, there was eight minutes of added time, I believe. You could still see in like the 95th minute when they got the opportunity, they were putting people forward. And you could see that there were players that were completely dead. They could not run anymore by the, by the closing moments. But they were still trying to pull men forward and get the winning goal. And that's ambition. You, you can hold a result, and as much as they had the help from the woodwork and a big miss from Teremi, they have a lot of ambition. They want to play football the right way, and I've seen enough tweets from Muzak, uh, Ricardo Suarez, manager of the season, no matter who wins the title, 
Cannavaro he has to be up there in contention for being in the team of the of the year. He's definitely one of the revelations. Definitely a big reason why Gil are doing what they're doing. But it's just really impressive because you don't need to defend and put all at the back because obviously you have to when you're playing with 10 and you're trying to defend against Porto, who's one of the best teams in Portugal, obviously. Look at look at the statistic, like 64 points in 24 games. They've only drawn four games. And they were with 10 men since about the second minute, which just comes to show what a bit of ambition and believing in your own abilities will do. And Shield, they don't have world beaters. They're not, they're not a team like the size of Juventus. They're not Manchester City. But they've got good quality players, players that can play with the ball at their feet, that want to, and that believe that they can. And that's just the difference. And Pranavaru is another one who came from the depths of Valencia's squad, I believe. Wasn't getting much game time there. If he did, I believe he'd be in the, in the youth teams. And he comes into the shield side, be of confidence, comes in inspired, system that plays to his strengths, a manager that can build a side around the, the individuals that he has. And you see the result. And finally, I just want to end up by saying, for those that just look at the goal attempts and the shots on target and these stats, Watch games. Do not go just off stats because you can see that Portal were really not on their game. The game that they had to make the most out of this win because now they visit Sporting in the Plaza de Portugal and it is at Alvalade, Sporting Stadium. And you never know, Portal can crumble from this. You never know how football is. They can go to Alvalade on Wednesday, I believe. They can lose. They can get a disappointing result. They cannot play the way that they want to. And from there, it just has a domino effect. And Sporting can use this opportunity. Get right, we're still in this. We might have dropped points, but Porto did too. They are beatable. Gilles proved it even with 10. Imagine what they could do with 11. And it can be a massive turning point in the season. Porto had to do better. And to leave a note on... Conceição and Porto. I don't know what Conceição was doing with taking out Shtaki after 30 minutes and then the man that he replaced Shtaki with, Galeno, gets subbed out after about 70 minutes. And he's the man that Conceição reportedly said he didn't want and then ends up being bought anyway. And I know Conceição had a lot, of, a lot to say about the Luis Diaz transfer to Liverpool. It just shows that, for me, it's very obvious that sometimes, and you can understand why, that Porto, and in this case Conceição, a lot of his wins do paper over the cracks. As much as Sporting did it sometimes last season, you did get those goals that came out late stages of the game. Sometimes Sporting didn't deserve at all, but it's just that sign that winning mentality, sometimes a team needs to have to win a title. Porto needed that in this game. They've had it in certain instances this season. Late goals from Tony Martinez. They had um, that, that game against Sturil. As much as a lot of Portuguese fans want to make it about the referees, 
end of the day, Porto got the goal. That's what they needed to do today, especially against 10. You need to make the most out of this. But it just was not good enough. And I don't know whether Porto were overly reliant on Luis Diaz, which it looks like he had a massive effect on the playing, on the way that Porto play. Obviously, he's an amazing player and you can understand why, but he has to be sold because of the financial issues and Porto are struggling because of it. And I think a lot of blame has to go for Conceição for the way that he manages his players. And sometimes the way that Porto play can be relentless, it can work. But without an Uribe in midfield, who does all of that work, runs like crazy, and he likes work causes more than anything else in his Porto team. The main reason why Zaidu still gets the minutes that he does, the reason why Mbemba and Cardozo do get minutes as well, Taremi always up front because he does that work, and why Marega survived so long at Porto, even though he never had the technical attributes. Porto, um, Conceição prefers the workhorse to the technical artist. And he kind of stumbled into the decision of making Vitinha a starting midfielder. Took way too long. There were instances last season where he could introduce more youth. And he still got more that he can use. João Mario isn't convincing defensively. Zaidu has never been that convincing as a defender or an attacker. He's got his moments, but technically not as gifted as you would hope. Cardozo and Mbemba, neither incredible playing out from the back, as Benfica have Morato, Sporting have Mateus Reis at the moment, and Inácio. They just miss that defensive stability. As much as the stats will say different, they never look that sure defensively. And Conceição needs to ask himself, why hasn't he pushed for some changes in the defensive lineup? Why hasn't he pushed for some transfers to reinforce this sector? Because he's going to lose a member on a free. Pep isn't getting younger. Um, Tomás Estivs has been rotting in the B team and out alone when he can easily feature in this side. And they're risking that he pulls a Gonzalo Stivs and makes a trip across or gets sold for a fee that he really shouldn't. And another question has to be raised, why Fabio Vieira is sitting on the bench when he's on ridiculous form, assists left, right and centre. Meanwhile, Otavio stays in the eleven, and he yesterday seemed more interested in starting fights than playing football. Some of these questions need to be raised. And obviously, when the results do not go the way of the fans of the club, these questions get raised a lot more. And as much as I'm looking at Sporting, similarly, people struggle to criticise him because when the wins are coming in and they do come in at an alarming rate, it papers over cracks. But Porto do need to ask themselves whether the strategy is working because I don't think it's that sustainable selling these players at the late stages and having players go for minimal fees or zero at the end of their contracts. Something needs to be done there, behind the scenes and on the pitch. As much as Porto, for many games, they have performed very well. They've created the chances, but today they didn't put them away. They had to put them away. There's a question mark there. 
And there's a question mark around a lot of the strategy going into the game. And a lot of games this season where, much like Sporting last season, and they're paying for this now, have papered over cracks with late goals, sometimes undeserved. And now it's showing that there is an issue there. It needs to be resolved. As much as, obviously, no team is going to be perfect, but this is the game where they need it to be perfect. And it just blows the, the title race back open once again. Absolutely, yeah. Porto, as you mentioned, had a chance to stretch their lead to eight points. They're going to, you know, 10 matches remaining, and they're, they are just, should say, just six points ahead. There is a slim slither of hope for Sporting. We'll see what happens. Final match, though, another team that failed to take uh, advantage of, of their man advantage uh, was Braga. Going up against Santa Clara, at home, um, found themselves down uh, to 10 men after a red card from, uh, after a second yellow from Mansour, I should say. Uh, 10 minutes later, Hidemasa Morita getting sent off um, after a very clumsy tackle, another second yellow. Um, but Braga, nevertheless, finishing 0-0 against Santa Clara um, in the wake of a... Uh, you know, in the wake of an emotional uh, penalty shootout victory against Sheriff Tiraspol. Um, Santa Clara, obviously going to be missing two important players for next week's match against Vizela. Braga, on the other hand, it seems like, I don't know, we're, we're getting to, it, it almost seems like this is a purgatory with them. You know, they're, Braga are sort of in a purgatory where they're too good to, to, to fall out of the European spots. And I still believe that. I think that, Gil Vicente could very well uh, finish fourth, but I, I think that Braga will still easily finish in the top five. With that being said, they're not good enough to finish the title, to, to challenge for the title. And yeah, today we saw 16 shots from Braga, nine shots from Santa Clara, 60% possession from Braga, 40% from Santa Clara, and yet having to settle for another uh, draw. It's been a weird season for Braga, but... Uh, you know, walk me through your thoughts on this side. Um, I've been a fan of Carvalhal in the past as a manager. And I'd say that sadly it's coming to the end of this his cycle at the club, I believe, because at Braga, the president is obsessed with becoming one of the, making it the top four, not the big three, the big four. But he's just not... And his club have not finished in third, second, even pushing for first enough. And this season is obviously acceptable. It's the bare minimum. You have to finish fourth if you're a club with the ambition that Braga wants to have. But it's just not been good enough. It's slight inconsistency, if you ask me. Perhaps not in terms of results on the whole, but some of the performances just seem lacklustre at times. And some of these players just aren't cutting it. You look at uh, Ricardo Huerta, players need to be on his level. Everyone needs to be on his level. If you're going to make the push to be above Benfica in a season where, yes, they are struggling, but at the end of the day, they've only lost four, they've only drawn three. But I need to be putting more pressure on this. They need to turn some of these draws into wins. They need to be a bit more consistent. They need to be putting the pressure because at the end of the day, this is what they need to do to become that club. 
but some of these players are not meeting the cutoff point. They're just inconsistent in their play. Like Al Nuzrati, he went on a great run last season. He's been he was the victim of bombardment from Benfica fans with uh, come to Benfica, basically mirroring the Besiktas fans. Since then, he's just had a couple good games off game, and I look at this team. There's obviously a lot of talent. Carmo, when he's when he was on form before his injury, you'll glide with enough regularity and just getting out the mistakes in this game, which is normal for a defender of his age, and especially one that made a jump from youth football to Porto first team, which is not normal by any means, much like Edu Quaresma in a lot of ways. But then you you, have, you take a look at Fabiano, especially playing at centre-back, it looks, in this game. Uh, Castro, uh, Ruiz, even Madeiros at times, Couto. Like, these players have not been forming at a high level and consistently enough to warrant starting a lot of Braga games. And especially in defence, they look very reliant on, especially Skeira who at times plays as a centre-back. And I know they lost Gillian, who usually did a left-wing-back role, as he can do the whole left-hand side. And he did that often for Braga. They have had a couple of injuries. Andre Orta um, suspended in that case. Skeda has been out with an injury. Um, Roger should be out for quite a while, I believe. And you have a couple of decent players like Fanesis Mora, another one before his injury, performing really well. Uh, Vitinha has been a bright spark he's managed to find the back of the net something that Ruiz has done very rarely or not enough Abel Ruiz for what we expected from him coming in but you look at this bench you've got a lot of youth in this bench but for a team that wants to make that push it's, it, it doesn't cut it you cannot go into a game with Santa Clara who's at the moment, a mid-table team, they're a very solid team. They can definitely make a push for more when they want to, with a little bit more luck, with some more luck on injuries, especially. You cannot go into a game like this with Rodrigo Gomes, Roger, Carmo, Buta, Fale, Mora, Sherla. That nickname gets me giggling a little bit. And David Vega. Like these are some of the players that have gone a lot of game time in recent matches. It 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 just doesn't bridge that gap between a Gilles Vicente and a Benfica, even in their worst moments. And it took Sporting having their worst season ever statistically for Braga to get that third place. And even then it took until the last day of the season. They just need a little bit extra quality. Getting a player like Medeiros, on his best day, he, he does meet that criteria. But that best day just does not come often enough. And players like Mateus, he's a good goalkeeper. But if you ask me whether he goes anywhere close to the level of Adan, even Odysseus, who has a lot of the same issues as a goalkeeper, um, Diogo Costa, he just doesn't reach that standard. And a lot of these players have a mistake in them, have inconsistency in them. And that's the reason for a little bit of a drop-off, if you ask me, because as much as they have done 
well enough in the Europa League. At times, they've scraped a lot of their victories as much as they have in the league. And look, it's not horrible, but for the ambitions of Braga, what they want to be, it's not good enough for them. They want more. Absolutely. They do want more. Without any further ado, we're going to wrap up today's Cortelinius. Uh, Thank you so much, Kevin, for coming on. It was a real pleasure to get your insight. Definitely not the last time you're coming on. But uh, yeah, any, any, any final words you want to say, Kevin? I'm much appreciated for that. I just want to say a couple of things about Maritima as, as a club, just to give a little bit of insight. Because in recent times, there has been this reputation that Maritima are just anti-jour. The, the island club agenda is one that's very strong in the hearts of uh, Portuguese people, just because they tend to come to Maritima, to Madeira, to Asuj, and they drop points, and no one likes that. And obviously, it's a bit of a trip for anyone that dares do the journey. And especially with the last president, I don't like to get into a lot of politics. There's enough of that in Portuguese football and blaming referees instead of accepting results and looking inwards instead of outwards. But obviously, Carlos Pereira, he did come with his controversy. Anyone that knows him, he did like the occasional lie saying that he was never going to sign Lee Tvidigal, then does it. In court for many things, um, corruption scandals, even involving Lee Tvidigal, saying I won't do anything to stop Benfica being champion and then refusing to cooperate in an investigation. Obviously, allegedly, but doesn't look good. And a lot of his seasons came with poor preparation, basically looking to benefit more himself and there are plenty of owners and chairmen like this but Maritimo have always had they've always had a lot of potential for who dares to see it they've had good enough players uh, good enough um, youth academy the potential's always been there and there's finally a turning point for the club and I'd say just research because there's enough there to respect Maritim for what they are now trying to be and what they've always had potential to be. There's, there's, there's enough there. And with this new president, there's definitely a lot of potential. And I'd say just give, give them a chance and give a lot of the smaller Portuguese clubs a chance. Give Maritim a chance. Give Gilvisan a chance. Give the Primera Liga a chance. Thank you so much, Kevin. Thank you much, everybody, for tuning in. We'll have another Cortellinius for you next week.